You're listening to Radically Pragmatic, a podcast from the Progressive Policy Institute. We talk with lawmakers, policy experts, and thought leaders about the issues driving the news nationally and internationally. The Progressive Policy Institute is a catalyst for policy innovation and political reform with offices in Washington, D.C. and Brussels. Its mission is to create radically pragmatic ideas for moving America beyond ideological and partisan deadlock. We encourage analytical conversations, not your typical partisan talking points. Hello, and welcome to uh, Radically Pragmatic. Uh, my name is Jack Karsten, and I'm the uh, Managing Director of the Innovation Frontier Project. Uh, I'm here today with Michael Mandel, our uh, Vice President and Chief Economist at the here at the Progressive Policy Institute, to talk about a new report that IFP has published titled American Innovation Under Threat, Restrictive Legislation and Global Competition. So Michael, can you tell me more about this new research that IFP commissioned? Who authored this report, and what were its key findings? Well, let's start by talking about the authors who were two Duke University academics, leading experts in innovation, Ashish Arora and Sharon Belenzun. And they did this amazing deep dive into U.S. competitiveness and how it's connected to corporate research. And it dealt in areas that people kind of know a little bit about but have never put together the pieces before. And let me just kind of give the, the, the top line finding before we go into detail. Ashish and Sharon looked at uh, corporate R&D, which is an extremely important part of the U.S. innovation ecosystem. U.S. innovation ecosystem consists of university research, startups, and corporate R&D. And what's happened is that many companies have retreated from uh, corporate research. It just hasn't paid off well enough for them. So there's really only a, a relatively small handful of companies that are heavily invested in, in corporate research at this point. And the authors make a very strong case that the antitrust bills now under consideration in Congress will actually have a negative effect on research by these companies, and that U.S. leadership in emerging technologies, four of the five emergency technology, four out of the five emerging technologies identified by the Biden administration as a national priority, would be adversely impacted by uh, these antitrust proposals. So the report with a multitude of charts and tables, an amazing deep dive, connects the dots between policy, corporate research, and U.S. competitiveness and national security going forward. So let's talk more about these uh, antitrust uh, laws that the uh, going through the House and Senate right now, uh, sorry, bills. Uh, so what are the political implications, and how would these bills undermine R&D? So there's sort of several bills. But they all have the same basic idea, which is to restrict the scale and scope of large IT companies, large digital platform companies. Now, without getting into the deep question about what sorts of regulations are needed, the two authors of this report make the case that scale and scope, not just bigness, but the amount of different areas, are essential for sort of supporting corporate research, and that our main international competitors in China and other, other places have companies of large scale and scope that will not be affected by these antitrust bills, and that will be able to continue investing in areas like quantum computing, artificial intelligence, and related areas like that. 
So which American companies or industries are the most innovative and what are they contributing to uh, the research and development of new technologies? Well, actually, let's just take a step back at this point. We need to sort of talk a little bit about the, the important role of businesses in R&D. If, sort of, if you go back and you sort of look, look at what's happened to R&D spending, what you see is that U.S. businesses currently fund three times as much R&D investment as the federal government. Because what's happened is, is that the, the government, you know, hasn't retreated, but it really hasn't grown, whereas companies have increased their spending on R&D. These expenditures are increasingly concentrated in a few companies, um, so that if you go back to sort of data that was published by a consulting firm in 2018, you see that Amazon and Alphabet led the top R&D performance by investing more in R&D than any other global or domestic firm that year. And what we're talking about is basically the digital platform companies investing in general purpose technologies such as I mentioned artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and um, autonomous vehicles, um, cybersecurity, and semiconductors. So the key areas that, that we absolutely care about. And what's happened is that these companies have not only done the research, but they've done a lot of publishing. They've contributed to the common pool of knowledge because you have these spillovers that are almost inevitable not just you know that enable these companies to develop new products but also they the knowledge that they create is embodied in their researchers who go on to other places who, who spread it around through publishing and it becomes part of the technology base of the country and the, the problem is is that universities while they do and startups while they do great stuff are not really working in the same areas are not able to sort of make the connection between the research and the products that these large companies are. You go back historically to companies like AT&T and General Electric and IBM, played and, and Kodak, in fact, played absolutely key, key roles in translating advances in research into technology and new products. And that's what's going on here, and that's what would be lost from these antitrust bills. You know, we, we don't we in this country have a funny relationship with bigness, you know, or scale. You go back and you look historically, some of our most beloved companies were, were scale companies. And, you know, I've looked at, for example, at Kodak, which did great things for its workers, okay, did great things for productivity, absolutely transformed the field of photography. And we think of this as a company that produced lots of good jobs, which it did. But then we don't sort of realize that the same things are going on right now in terms of scale companies investing in research, creating good jobs, creating knowledge, and sort of lifting, producing the, the technology base that the rest of society can draw on. Okay, so you talked a little bit about R&D funding, how it's shifted away from you know, government being the, the primary funder towards businesses. Um, but what are we sort of seeing as the output from uh, that, that, that shift in funding? Uh, what is all that money going towards? Well, what you're seeing is you're seeing, you're seeing on the one hand, published papers. You're seeing patents. You're seeing new products in the marketplace. And when you see new products in the marketplace, that becomes part of the diffusion of technology, which is absolutely so crucial. You know, one of the issues in, in, in this economy is, is technology diffusing to across the economy to meet small and medium-sized companies. And what you need there is you need the big companies to do the translation process and provide it 
to the small and medium-sized companies in a form that they can use to do the research, say, in cybersecurity, to do the research in semiconductors at scale, to go through the next generation. And um, what we'd expect to sort of see as the downstream growth of this is faster growth, rising standard of living, better national security, especially when we're considering competition with China. Great. Uh, that takes me into my next question. Um, you mentioned uh, sort of President Biden's sort of key, key strategic priorities and how uh, competition with China on innovation sort of plays into that. Can you talk more about, uh, you know, we, we talked about the U.S. and its R&D policy, but uh, what, is, what is China uh, sort of, where are they at with their R&D? Well, you know, what, what's happened is, is China has really become a major force in R&D over the last uh, 10 or 15 years, okay? Getting to the point where, depending how you measure it, it's comparable to the U.S. size. And they're putting money into areas like quantum computing, artificial intelligence, autonomous systems, cybersecurity, semiconductors, okay, in a way that directly competes with U.S. national priorities and U.S. national security. We don't want to be in a situation where we have to depend on a potential rival like China for key technologies. You know, right at this point, we're at a, we're at a tipping point in some of these areas where we run the risk that if we don't keep up, that we'll discover that technological leadership has slipped away from us without us realizing it. Now, I'm not trying to be alarmist here, but sometimes, you know, the best policy consists of not shooting yourself in your own foot. And these antitrust bills that actually have the effect of making it much more difficult for these companies to have the scale and scope that they need to support the research. Now, we're not going to talk about the bigger issue of regulation at this point. You know, I think that you want to, you know, sort of view regulation of digital platforms in the same sense that we view digital regulation of the auto industry in the early years, which is that smart regulation is the way to go, but you want to make sure you don't stand in the way of growth and innovation. And here is a direct connection where if these, these bills have the direct effect of trying to discourage these companies from being in multiple areas, kind of restricting them, putting it into smaller boxes. Well, almost by definition, that makes it harder to support research. We've seen this in the past where antitrust actions against companies like IBM sort of actually forced them to cut back on their R&D operations. And it's, it's kind of an inevitable result of the sort of proposals that are being made in Congress right now. And I'm not sure that the sponsors of these proposals have actually thought about these kind of unintended consequences. So if you were going to give free advice to Congress and the White House, uh, what would you suggest to them to sort of uh, increase uh, the competitiveness of the U.S. Um, with regards to China? Well, I'd say don't do stupid things. <laughs> okay, I mean, that's the short answer, which is that I mean, I'm a, I'm, a real, I'm a real believer when it comes to innovation that you actually uh, uh, dance with the partner that you brung, okay? And that, and that if you've got sectors that are growing and strongly innovating, what you want to do is you want to uh, support them rather than trying to undermine them. That if you have companies that are the, some of the few companies that are actually investing significant amounts in research, you want to encourage them to do more research and not discourage them and you know, make them do less. And so um, I would say that connect the dots between the strategic priorities and the, these antitrust bills. If you've got to regulate, rework them to make sure that, they're, that they do not impact research. That scale and scope is, is not an evil by itself. 
and that large companies are an essential part of the innovation ecosystem. I mean, we, you know, we at PPI have written about this before, that you've got universities and they're great, and you've got startups and they're great, and large corporate labs play a really important role here in making sure that the U.S. is both innovate, is innovative in a way that creates new products as well that sort of helps people's daily lives. Well, uh, are there are there any questions that I didn't ask about the report? Anything that you you want to highlight that you haven't talked about yet? Yeah, I just want to say actually I should just say a little bit about the report. What's available right now is a is a very extensive deck of of charts and graphs. Which, if you love data, this is this is a feast. Okay, the the authors have done an amazing job pulling together a variety of different data sources that nobody has before in terms of putting to, you know, drawing the dots about the, the role of corporate research in terms of maintaining U.S. prosperity and national security. And what we need to do to make sure that this investment is, continues to be encouraged going forward. So I strongly recommend that you come to the uh, IFP website, okay, which is innovationfrontier.org, and take this deep dive along with um, Ashish and Sharon. Get the feel for this, for the data that they've put together, because they've done an amazing job of, uh, of making the case here. Yeah, and I'll just add to that that it is not just a, a feast of data, but also just a visual, uh, visual feast as well, just with all the the graphics that our that our team sort of help put together um, to to present that data in a way that's accessible. Well, Michael, thank you for for coming on the podcast uh, to talk about this report. Thanks very much, Jack. Thanks for listening. Want to learn more about the Progressive Policy Institute? Follow us on Twitter at PPI and on Facebook at Progressive Policy Institute, or go to our website at progressivepolicy.org. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen and check back for new episodes. We'll talk with you soon.